0: My nunal would uh, pick me up on a Friday late afternoon when I was about four or, or five years old or so, and uh, we would go and collect the rent. And uh, we would stop off at a couple of places, and he would encourage me to to knock on the door and uh, put my hand out to to receive the cash. And you know that really left a, a lasting impression on me. You know, I thought, how good is it, you?
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode of Property Investory, I'm speaking with Peter Mastriani, the creator behind the Buyer's Guide and Loans Only. We'll follow his 13-year long property journey to date, uncover how his childhood had an unforeseen impact on what he would be when he grew up and how he made that happen through financing. Hey podcast listeners, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case days where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free.
0: Uh, my name is Peter Mastriani. I work in uh, property investment finance. I, I co founded a business by the name of, of Loans Only. Um, I've published a, a couple of books um, and uh, I also champion the, the rentvesting cause through rentvesting.com.au, which is largely a, a content publishing platform for next generation investors. And, and we also offer a, a pro- property mentoring service through that platform as well.
1: So, what does Mastriani do in any given day?
0: Talk. Uh, I'm on the am on the phone a, a lot, uh, whether it's in, you know, engaging pieces like this, or talking with clients, or with banks, or, or referral partners. You know, I, I guess that probably takes up the bulk of my time. Um, I do spend a bit of time um, working on content creation pieces, again for for the RentVesting podcast and articles and and things of that nature. Um, and if I'm lucky, I, I get to fit in some some planning and, and strategy for, for the business growth over the long term as well.
1: Growing up in Queensland where he's now based, he studied at the schools and university there before making his foray into the financing
0: industry. Yes, so I went to a school called Villanova which is on Brisbane South and I went to uni. I studied finance, banking and finance at QUT. After uni, I had aspirations of actually becoming a financial planner and I was for about 15 minutes or so. I didn't quite like the, the environment though uh, it was my, my probably my, my first you know kind of real job and uh, it involved a lot of cold calling at the time and uh, this is many years ago now this is in the early 2000s and actually getting people to come into the office and try to sell them insurance um, which is not what I really had envisaged financial planning to be I know the industry has changed substantially but uh, uh, after that short period, I, I moved into different sales and marketing type roles and uh, spent a bit of time working in outplacement services with uh, a global recruitment agency, um, which was a good job. It paid very well uh, at the time and and it was probably that income that uh, allowed me to invest in property on the side, which I, I was fortunate enough to, to do well out of. and. Um, and, and from there, I, I moved on to, to establish my, my own businesses. So I, I run the, the loans-only business with a couple of others and and also um, through rentvesting.com.au.
1: Mastriani has had an interest in property investing from a young age, influenced in particular by his grandfather.
0: Dad, man has always had a real keen interest in the area, and uh, we often talk shop about developments or transactions that, that we know of, of taking place, but um, I, I guess one of the probably more influential people was probably my grandfather. I have a Italian heritage, so my nunno would uh, pick me up on a Friday late afternoon when I was about four or, or five years old or so, and uh, we would go and collect the rent, and. Uh, we would stop off at a couple of places and he would encourage me to, to knock on the door and uh, put my hand out to, to receive the cash. And, you know, that really left a, a lasting impression on me. You know, I thought, how good is it? You, you turn up to someone's house, you knock on their door, you get paid, you go, you get an ice cream and, and a play at the park afterwards. So, um, I, you know, I was only four and extremely naive, I guess. But um, uh, if someone had ever asked me, what it was that I wanted to be when I grew up, I, I would always uh, say that I wanted to be a landlord. So, I guess that uh, is an impression that um, has lasted with me through through the years.
1: The first investment property Mastriani bought was a buy and sell move which in his current wisdom, he also looks back as a naive one.
0: So, I was fortunate enough to um, Buy a property in in my early twenties. Um, it was located on Brisbane south side in, in a suburb called Malcravat. It was a, a four bedroom home, um, and at the time when I bought the place, it was one hundred and forty three thousand five hundred dollars. So, you know, amazingly cheap considering where where property prices are today. Um, anyway, I, I I bought that place. Um, I did a little renovation on it and. Uh, In my infinite wisdom at the time, I decided to sell it, Um, and I did sell it. And I, I can't remember the exact price, but at the time it was around about two hundred and sixty odd thousand dollars. So I left that transaction, and I had um, you know a hundred odd thousand dollars in the bank, which I thought was amazing. But um, in hindsight, selling that property was probably a bit of a a dumb move at, at, at the time because I didn't have an appreciation that. It wasn't my expertise in renovation or, or anything of that nature. It was just that that the market had um, moved pretty significantly in, in that time. so um, the next house that I bought was coincidentally in in the same suburb and it was a like for like property that I had sold, but you know I had bought it for uh, more than, than the uh, the last property that I had purchased so um, my debt position was, was actually higher than, than the first property that uh, I had actually bought so that was probably a, a lesson that I learned early on because you know, you, you make money when you buy not, not when you actually sell and, and to hold things for, for the long term but um, you know, that's how it all got started.
1: So, how did he come to the realization that buying and holding was a more effective strategy?
0: It was probably just the um, the moment of just looking at my bank statements and you know looking at my debt on the the first property, uh, what it was, and then thinking that it was amazing that I had made this this profit on on that property. Um, but then buying the second one and my debt had increased significantly more. So uh, I think that was just a, the realization at, at that moment that um, uh, you know just to. Uh, be more mindful or, or perhaps plan ahead on on what you actually intend to do with your transactions rather than working on a knee jerk reaction because um, sometimes uh, there's um, sometimes that the profit is 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 in the long term
1: after purchasing his first two properties, Mastriani began rent vesting before the term rent vesting was even developed
0: uh, so largely um, I've, I've held property that uh, I've bought uh, more recently. I've, I've moved into doing some, some small development work, namely around subdivisions, uh, just on on property that uh, I've held and realized now it's it's potential to do something with those sites. Um, uh, but that's been in, in the more recent years. So through my 20s, I, I largely flat shared. Um, I, I worked full time. Um, I, I like to think that I had a good lifestyle as well, and and did things, went overseas, and you know enjoyed social time with my mates, and um, uh, and I largely rent vested, so I didn't know that uh, I was doing, or I was you know had a rent vesting strategy at the time, but um, that's largely what what I did through my twenties until I uh, started moving in into. Uh, my own business and, and, and into mortgage broking and, and concentrating a lot more on on finance and and working with retail and, and sophisticated clients um, and looking at their strategies that that they're actually uh, implementing with in their own wealth plans. Um, so there's been a, a few aha moments in working with clients and and looking at what they're doing and and how to replicate that with perhaps in in my own strategy as well.
1: To define what the modern terminology of rent vesting is, you only have to look at how the market has dramatically evolved over the years to know that it makes sense, now more than ever.
0: It's renting and investing. Um, so rent where you would prefer to live and invest where you can afford. Um, my belief is that the traditional home ownership model is um, is outdated. Uh, you know, uh, there's this very commonly held belief that is indoctrinated within us that uh, you need to do well at school, go to university, get a good job, buy a house, you know, get married, have kids and, you know, surround it with a white picket fence and, you know, stay there for the next 25, 30 years and and pay off your mortgage and then you're going to be in a a secure and comfortable position and uh, that may have worked for a period of time Um, But the property market and our society has changed fundamentally in the last 15 or or less years. Um, And I truly believe that that model is outdated. And one of the reasons why I believe it's outdated is because affordability has obviously become such an issue uh, within markets like Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane to a lesser extent and so forth. Um, And the reason why it's broken is that your home as an asset doesn't actually generate income. So you're completely reliant on the capital growth of of that asset in order to do well over the long term. So you become a bit of a slave to your mortgage in that you're reliant on your income to meet your commitments, your mortgage commitments and your bills and, you know, your your lifestyle. Um, And you have – you know, a so-called asset that isn't generating an income. And an asset should generate income and capital growth. So if you flip that model and, and you rent where you prefer to live, yes, you've you've got that rental expense, but you can invest in other affordable areas. You can claim the taxation benefits that are associated through that avenue and and the asset also generates income. So the income that it's generating largely takes care of, of those commitments. Um, and that's how you go about building wealth, rather than attaching yourself to a mortgage, and you know, uh, committing to, to that debt for the next twenty five or, or thirty years. It it doesn't make sense with the way the property market has shifted in the last you know, uh, like I said, last less than fifteen or so years.
1: To demonstrate the benefits of rent vesting in comparison with buying your own home, Mastriani breaks it down.
0: So, uh, if we could speak very rough numbers in, in generalistic terms, um, because everyone's situation is is obviously going to be different, um, but I know that you know average income is around about eighty odd thousand dollars gross. So, in the hand, that would equate to about sixty, sixty one, sixty three odd odd thousand dollars per per year so let's say that that sixty odd thousand dollars equates to about a $1, thousand eleven hundred twelve hundred odd dollars that you have in the hand each week, so that money can go to your bills, your lifestyle your your walking around money whatever it may be and if you're a homeowner it, it would also go to to your mortgage um uh, if you flip that and you know your mortgage commitments become your rental income or your sorry your rental expense, and you use money to to invest, you would also receive that additional rental income from from that purchase as well, be it three hundred four hundred five hundred dollars or or whatever it may be on a weekly basis you would also um, have some depreciation benefits if, if you bought a, a newer type of dwelling perhaps and, and there could also be some negative gearing uh, add-backs that you would receive from, from that investment. So whilst in some instances it may be positively geared in terms of receiving some, some income, additional income each week, in most cases it's it's probably negatively geared in that there's a, a little bit of out-of-pocket expense Um uh, and whatever that may be um, uh, but that can sometimes be taken care of at the end of the year once you do your tax returns and, and you realize those benefits through uh, the, the taxation advantages that you can receive.
1: Mm. And that's really good uh, that you've actually shared that because it kind of breaks down and sort of breaks that myth that owning a home, own home, it's like the great Australian dream.
0: Uh, don't get me wrong, it's – rent vesting isn't for everyone um, and uh, I know that um, – That it's not going to be suitable um, for for some people that that want to settle and establish roots in in an area. Um, uh, But from a a broader sense, it gives you a lot of flexibility and and provides a a lot of lifestyle benefits. Um, And there's also, you know, it's a great way to, to generate real wealth in your life.
1: Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into Mastriani's journey on one of these worst investing moments.
0: I, I took on too too much debt. At, at the time, I, I didn't necessarily realize that was the case um, but certainly living through that period of, of my life, um, it, it really hurt.
1: The aha moment where everything clicked for him.
0: Yes, it is a lot about finding that the right property and buying it at the right price um, but it's more about financing that asset and, and being able to continue to, to leverage your position to, to grow that portfolio.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Invest Story. Hey podcast listeners, are you enjoying listening to these stories and want more? Then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email. Just one of the many benefits of being part of this community. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, their strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. One of the worst investing moments he experienced in his journey trapped him in a corner.
0: Pretty simple. I, I, I overcapitalized. Um, uh, I, I took on too, too much debt. At, at the time, I, I didn't necessarily realize that was the case. Um, but certainly living through that period of, of my life, um, it, it really hurt. And it's probably um, a hard lesson that uh, I, I have learned. And it was actually buying. Um, a property that that I lived in, so I, it, it was a home at the time. I, I had bought um, a nice uh, flat in a suburb of St Lucia, which is it was on the Brisbane River, and um, uh, it was kind of a lifestyle commitment that I had envisaged. This beautiful place that you know I was going to create, and and um, I, I did that, and I probably made the mistake of overcapitalizing on a renovation, uh, so. I sunk a a small fortune into that property to, I guess, dress it up to to the way that that I wanted, Um, which is great. It was a great batch pad at at, at the time, but um, uh, I overcommitted and um, the body corporate uh, also decided that they were going to do a lift upgrade, that they were going to paint the building, that they were also going to update the balustrades. So my um, body corporate commitments – more than doubled on, on a quarterly basis and on top of that, I had some periods of vacancies through some other property that um, I had held and you know the, the bills kept on coming in and, and it was a real struggle because I essentially um, invested myself into a corner and I kind of trapped myself into a job at the time that I didn't particularly like but I really needed to hold it because I needed that income to, to come in to, to manage my commitments. Um, so I guess that was uh, another moment that uh, I realized that that probably wasn't the, the best way to have uh, approach things at the time. So that was uh, probably a, a big mistake that that I certainly have made. Um, I ended up selling the place and I, I did okay out of it but you know, I, I, I made some big mistakes on, on that purchase there.
1: To avoid this happening, Mastriani advises that you create a buffer of cash flow for yourself so that you can be prepared for the worst-case scenario
0: from a, a lending perspective, um, uh, there, a lot of talk is a, is around serviceability assessments and the bank will lend you a million dollars or you could service a, a $1 million loan or, or whatever it may be. So there's a point of being able to service a loan and there's a point of being able to actually afford it. Um, and whilst... Uh, mortgage brokers and uh, and banks and and all the rest of it will um, factor in a, a buffer or, or sensitize the, the rate and and that sensitization rate is, is normally two or three percent more than what the actual rate is so that there's a, a good buffer in it um, but you need to be mindful that stuff happens you know the, the, the the boiler collapses or the air conditioning breaks or, you know, there's vacancies in your property or, you know, that bonus that you were hoping for doesn't come through at work and, you know, stuff happens. So I I think it's... um, it's just, particularly if you're uh, focused on becoming a, a, a property investor and growing a portfolio, it's cash flow. You know, cash flow is just such a, an important lifeblood, and having a, a real appreciation of of where that money is is coming in, and, and actually managing that those commitments in advance is is super important. Or else um, you'll just find yourself like. In my position, <laughs> you know you, you can't afford to, to get by because you've overcapitalized or, or overcommitted, which is not a good place to be, because you end up resenting something that you intended to love.
1: So where did everything fall into place for Mastroianni? He says it's all about managing his debt.
0: The "Aha" moment is, is probably around debt um, uh, and, and understanding um, how to structure. That that debt, um, and I guess the, the aha moment has probably more so come in in more my more recent years in terms of um, focusing more on on property finance and and investment lending and and um, you know looking at my own structures and and looking at, at how my clients are, are also structuring uh, their platforms and, and realizing that. There's a lot of simplicity to, to the structure as well. You don't have to overcomplicate things um, but it's important to have a, a good amount of, of flexibility and, and, you know, the, the, the cheapest rate uh, doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the most suitable or affordable product to, to actually be placed in. Um, I think it's important to, to realise that it's not about the, the short-term game, it's a, about how much interest you can actually save over the life of of the loan rather than trying to chase you know, 25 basis points of, of a discount. So I guess that's probably been my aha uh-huh moment in realising that, yes, it is a lot about finding that the right property and buying it at the right price um, but it's more about financing that asset and, and being able to continue to, to leverage your position to, to grow that portfolio because debt is a, a, a very powerful wealth creation tool when managed correctly. Um, and I, I guess that's probably my aha uh-huh moment that um, uh, I've realized in, in my more recent years.
1: While not focusing on the size of his portfolio, his understanding of finance has enabled him to build his wealth using a more fluid means.
0: I have a, a couple of properties, and um, I have a, another property that I'm working on a subdivision at the moment. And uh, there's a, another dwelling that will be built on on that. I, I'm more than likely to offload that. Um, my focus is never to grow a portfolio of 10 or 20 or 50 properties. I don't have the time or, or the interest to do that, but I'm uh, very much focused on Uh, buying properties that I can hold for for the long term or or that do have development potential in them. Uh, That's probably more so where my interest lies. From a financing side of of things, I guess earlier I was very much focused uh, around achieving a a really cheap interest rate and and trying to to lock in terms. Um, uh, But that created you know, a pretty rigid structure for me. So, uh, my structures now are, are more so based around line of credit facilities, and leveraging the the equity or, or using the the available equity uh, in those properties, um, in order to, to to cash that out to, to fund other in investments that uh, or other developments that that I'm interested in.
1: Being able to generate equity, then pull equity out to use as potential deposit for his next property. It's something that provides Mastriani with the flexibility he needs to continue investing into property.
0: It just gives me that that flexibility to to keep on moving. I I think uh, one thing that I've witnessed in in working with property investors uh, is is the ones that are doing really well. uh, they're ready uh, and they're ready to, to strike while the iron is hot to, to make those opportunistic purchases. So, you know, you, I, I, I think you want to be as ready as often as you can, um, you know, to, uh, to get into those opportunities uh, to, to really – I guess, maximise the, the potential at the front end of, of the purchase, not, not when you're actually selling the property, which is harder to do at the moment because of APRA's restrictions and you know what the banks are doing and the changes that they're making around investment lending. So, I'm a, a pretty big advocate of, of trying to have a lot of flexibility in your structure.
1: In turn, this flexibility creates more options.
0: People don't go looking for a loan. I don't go looking for a loan. No one goes looking for a loan. You, you you look for, you know, a property to begin with, and then it's kind of like, oh, shit! I've, I've now got to try and find a way of, of financing this because it's a really good opportunity. Um, uh, but if you have a, an understanding that you need to have the, the finance in place to, to be um, ready to go when when that opportunity presents itself, you, you know, you, you'll be better in the long run for for doing so.
1: Throughout his property journey, continuing to set personal goals for himself has motivated his all-important why.
0: Property has been very good to me but I I see it more as a way of um, developing personally and, and professionally. Um, I like working, I, I, I don't uh, have this raison d'etre of retiring at the beach and drinking pina coladas, you know, whilst that's cool to do. Um, I don't have that that particular interest, so I think it's a, a, about um, you know just uh, growing personally and 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 um, trying to achieve more than what you actually think you can, and, and whether that is buying multiple properties or, or whether that's growing a, a business or, or whatever investing that you may be interested in. I think that's probably uh, what inspires me to you know do what I do.
1: So, inspired by Mastriani's story and his property goals, we'll continue the conversation in a future episode on Property Invest where we'll discuss how to apply his strategy.
0: No one takes into account how much money they actually spend on their interest repayments. No one remembers how much money they actually invested into renovations that didn't actually add any significant value in terms of capital value to the property.
1: About the personal habits which have contributed to his success.
0: Work towards my, my goals or uh, my my choices that um, I, I I make, and uh, it's largely to be healthy, wealthy, and and wise, and and try to do good in in my life and and for for my wife and for my little girl as well.
1: And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email. You can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.